Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of the show. I'm back. Took a little break, uh, but I'm back with some brand new stuff for you, including today's episode with Kingdom Brothers. Had a great time hanging out with them, talking about their brand new record. Hope you enjoy this episode. Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler. Located here in St. Louis, Missouri, over in the Maplewood area on Manchester. Stop in the shop or visit them at roughneckbeardcompany.com. You know, Santa knows the secret to a well-kept beard and mustache. This holiday season, give the gift of Roughneck Beard Company for the bearded and mustache men in your life. It is truly the gift that just keeps growing. Again, shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com and check out some of their wonderful products. They're all natural, uh, locally sourced, uh, and uh, they uh, are, they smell great. Check it all out. Uh, I recommend the uh, Roughneck Beard Batter. It's one of my favorite products, but they have all sorts of balms and combs and uh, you know just anything you need to take care of that beard and mustache. So check it all out again, roughneckbeardcompany.com today. And use my code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off your purchase. And uh, get those holiday orders in by the 15th if you uh, want them to arrive on time for shipping and stuff. So also big thanks to my wonderful friends at Friendship Brewing Company here in Wentzville, Missouri for their support. Uh, you can stop in and visit them for a cold beverage or a sandwich or, uh, just hanging out and having fun over there, at, uh, at friendship, but they, uh, been doing one big things over there. And, uh, recently they created a beer for, uh, Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz who passed away and, uh, all the proceeds of that beer in can are going to support his foundation in his name. So, Please uh, go check that out and support that cause. It's very, very cool of them to do that. But yeah, like that's just one of the many examples of the way they support this community. And we should support them, support local beer, and uh, check out some of the great craft beers over at Friendship Brewing Company here in Wentzville, Missouri. But, or check it out on the website at friendshipbrewco.com. If you need anything else from me, you can feel free to email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail. Hit me up on the socials and uh, let me know what you think of this new Kingdom Brothers album. And uh, with all that out of the way, sit back, relax, and and enjoy this brand new episode with Kingdom Brothers. Um, Podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Bob Walther, bass player. Ron Ruskowski, guitar. Stan Gill, keyboards. Rusty Parker, drums. And not with us, Chris Shepard, vocalist. We're, We're Kingdom Brothers, Brothers and you're, you're listening, listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. This is Beat Paper. Paper covers rock, rock beats is a shame, covers non-stop, never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you, live and direct on the spot, could be rock, folk, 
country of hip hop jazz All kind of folks that he has Could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh On the Double decker fudge round rolling round town Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero He's your hero, he's your bestie Rock paper podcast with Shane Presley Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. Hanging out today 
with the Kingdom Brothers. Hello. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the show, guys. We got uh, we got at least most of the band. We got what four four fifths of the band, right? Eighty percent. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, we're, we uh, we are missing uh, Chris, Chris. Was it? so, yeah. uh, but uh, this would be fun because like uh, I think we did. Uh, I was looking at it was like 2017. I think we got together. And it was Chris and myself for right. that one. Yeah, yeah and when uh, for the uh, Times Hard record mm-hmm. release. Uh, so. Which I think was, uh, I think we recorded at uh, a Bread Co. or something like that, right? Bread Co. and yeah. Seward. Yeah. I think that was one of those that kind of convinced you, maybe I should do these in quieter places. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, it was a lot of uh, a learning curve at the, er- the early days of the show and of me, uh, you know, trying to figure out what I was even doing with it and stuff like but I've come a long way. I think at the time I was still using a single microphone, a, a blue Yeti laptop microphone, and now I've got uh, individual mics for everybody. And so upgrades, and uh, we're finally, uh, you know, I'm moving on out of, out of the bread co. Uh, so, uh, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm excited to be here today. We do have a brand new Kingdom Brothers album to talk about, which is uh, why we're here. And uh, but I just thought it'd also be fun to catch up with you guys and. And uh, so I guess uh, I kind of like to start um, being that uh, we got uh, some new people to the show. Uh, I kind of like to talk about you guys, uh, you know, Kingdom Brother and your relationship, like how like you guys even all meet. And because uh, I kind of got a little bit of the store origin story from uh, from Ron and Chris on the first one, but. Uh, you guys, uh, do you all go way back, or do you? Uh... Yeah, um, I, I and this is Bob speaking. Yeah. Um, I first got the idea to launch this band um, at church. We went to a church that always had great musicians. Uh, Pat Liston from Mama's Pride was in the house band. Uh, harmonica and banjo player Sandy Weltman. Uh, another bluegrass guy, uh, Thane Bradford, was there. Uh, Tuttle, um, Rusty, who's now our drummer, was uh, playing drums there. And uh, one Sunday, I just said, "Hey, this is great music. You know, we need to take it outside these four walls." And the first drummer I asked, uh, Charlie Dent, he wasn't available. He didn't have time to do it. I asked Stan if he knew any keyboard players that would be interested in doing this because he was already in one or two cover bands at the time. And he said, "Hey, I want to do it." So Stan is the is the first person that joined up, and uh, he was playing organ and piano at this church, Clayton Community Church. And then uh, Charlie, uh, I said, "Hey, I, Charlie, I need a good guitar player," and he recommended Ron. He said, "Ron can play anything, just anything. You throw it at him, he can play it." <laughs> right. And so Ron came on board, and uh, originally had uh, vocalist Tom Wilson from the Benders, which was a big band in the 80s with horns and stuff uh, we used to play mississippi nights and uh castle in the ballroom places like that um and as time went along uh tom started developing some health issues from being a lifelong smoker singers that will take your voice away <laughs> trust me you may think you think you're young and invincible it's, it's gonna take your singing voice away uh so that's when Ron brought in Chris Shepard, who's been a great addition to the group, real deal vocals. 
Um, and then Rusty subbed for us a little bit on drums. He, he initially, in the early years, wasn't available. Um, but you've been a full-time member for how long now? I guess since the end of last year, we started the CD, basically, something like that. Yeah, so... Because so, I'd been subbing with you guys for probably two years, right. off and on, between drummers mm -hmm. and, and all that. And then with the lockdown, I was yeah. doing my other gigs... So. Rusty goes way back. He's opened up for Iggy Pop of all people. Wow! <laughs> well, I was I was in a band in the early seventies here called Rush before that other little band from Canada. <laughs> right, <laughs> but yeah, it was a St. Louis group. Yeah, mostly original music. Yeah, nice. So we have all veterans here. Um, Stan has been in multiple cover bands, and he was the. Uh, Stage manager for Head East, but he also played saxophone with them, um, and he was a utility keyboard player. Um, when Roger Boyd would, uh, Roger modified his Moog synthesizer, he cut it in half basically, and put a guitar strap on it so he could walk out to the middle of the stage and play this Moog synthesizer, and uh, for the people that are old enough, they'll recognize the sound of that synth as being. Uh, at the beginning, is it riding the storm out, REO Speedwagon? Yeah. They borrowed Roger's Moog and wouldn't get a, give it back. <laughs> he had to go get it. Um, so Roger would walk out, do a little bit of stagecraft, you know, playing that Moog out in the middle of the stage, and Stan would jump on the organ and play. Then when Roger would come back over, Roger would get back on the organ. But Stan has probably, he has the most extensive touring experience of all of us. Um, yeah, and then uh, Ron, you can share your background on guitar. Yeah, I was in a band from back in the '70s called the Max Creek Band. Had an album out. Um, we were in that same uh, group as like Mama's Pride and that that whole Southern rock thing of like the mid to late '70s. And so, and and we opened for groups like uh, like Black Oak, Arkansas, uh, Outlaws, Michael Murph, Michael Martin Murphy, and acts like that. And Grinder so, Switch, uh, Grinder Switch, yeah. So and uh, Greg Allman, yeah, Greg Allman yeah, did shows, yeah, did shows mm -hmm. with him. Nice, yeah. I uh, just the other night went down to um, the factory in Saint, uh, Saint or uh, Chesterfield, and uh, Devin. Put in yeah, the Almond Betts band put together a nice uh, mm -hmm. Almond family revival and a nice tribute to to Greg. I think it, I think it, the show originally started as like a one night uh, on his seventieth birthday, and uh, and then it's like developed. It, it, people wanted more of it, and so now he's doing a whole tour with a bunch of people. And um, but it, yeah, it was a an incredible show. But it was really nice, like a you know tribute to the uh, to Greg and and Dwayne mm -hmm. and. And everybody uh, from the Allman Brothers and things. We got the, a lot of people, Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Robert Randolph and uh, uh, I don't know. Just, uh, was Eric Gales Eric, on that yeah, one? Eric yeah, Eric Gales. Yeah, there was a bunch of. That's a it, bad man. There. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they uh, so I mean, just like a, a whole long list of you know Joanne Shaw Taylor and like mm -hmm. a lot of really great players and like, it was just. Uh, really cool and then like they ended the night with a big like uh jam of everybody up there with doing a midnight rider and they had like some really nice pictures uh from uh of pictures of greg and stuff up there and so anyway just uh 
but yeah. Um, and and Greg has some ties to St. Louis via Mama's Pride. Yeah. Um, those guys are all friends of ours, and uh, we we know their. Uh, and we know uh, who was Greg's manager at the time, and his sound man, David Cloud, went to Greg. They were all in Florida. And Mama's Pride was broke. They didn't have enough gas money to get back to St. Louis. So our buddy Dave Cloud <laughs> said to Greg, hey, your band, your backing band's really not that good. He goes, why don't you hire these guys? So Greg said, okay. He said, learn these five songs and come back tomorrow night. And uh, so one was Statesboro Blues. And uh, they killed it like we all knew they could. Um, so they came back up to St. Louis with Greg. And Greg was staying at uh, Danny Liston's house in Dogtown. And they were rehearsing for the, the tour they were going to do. And they wanted to keep it quiet because they didn't want a crowd of people. Uh, you know, Greg was enormously popular. And so uh, some friend of Danny Liston said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I thought I saw Greg Allman coming out of your house. Danny goes, no. <laughs> a few years ago, they had Casey did this thing, uh, st uh, Stories from the Window at the pageant. And I played with Danny on that. And it was like a Greg Allman tribute. And while we were in, we were backstage, we were in the dressing room, you know, and some of the DJs were telling stories, of course. Danny was telling us stories in the back that were better than the DJs were telling <laughs> out front. But, and, and a lot of it was about what Bob was just talking that's about. That's where I heard sure. that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's uh, funny. Yeah, that's, good. that's some fun stuff. I, uh, I had the uh, unique uh, pleasure of sitting with a. Uh, Radio Rich Dalton uh, one day, and and, that, uh, and he's got all kinds of great stories and mm. just uh, an encyclopedia of uh, of music and stuff. But he uh, so got to hang out with him on the show and uh, Ron Stevens and Joy Gerdick and mm. a couple of uh, radio icons in St. Louis. So it was fun to get to hear stories from mm. from them in uh, the early days of KC and stuff. So yeah, they would they would take a uh, Mama's Pride. Uh, demo and play it on the air or if they just had left the studio they'd they'd go over to casey and they just they throw it on the air without even previewing it right yeah that's well, how supportive they were we got to do an interview in the old the old crestwood building so that was yeah. a lot of fun and it w wasn't very big at all no i mean <laughs> maybe almost smaller than this living room right now yeah. is where we were yeah well that's like uh that's that iconic uh Van Halen picture, right? They took a, mm -hmm. a, right. the McDonald's out front or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right down Crestwood. the street. Yeah, yeah right yeah. down the street there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's that's pretty good. And they it. were broke. All right, that's all they could afford to eat. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, recording and stuff, let's talk about this uh, brand new record, Signs of the Times. And uh, where did where did we record uh, this? Song? Sawhorse. Sawhorse. All right. On uh, Virginia. Yeah. In the city. Yeah, it's a very nondescript building, which, <laughs> you know, if you're in an area where security is a concern, you don't hang signs on the door. That's a beautiful room, though. I like it, it in there a lot. Very nice lot, studio. Yeah. Um, worked with engineer Chris Turnbaugh, who we just love. Yeah, <laughs> big fan of Chris Turnbaugh. He's yeah. yeah. One of the coolest, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so what was uh what was that like? Uh, you guys uh you said that was like in nineteen or or tw early twenty or what? When did we go? Uh, let's see. We finished tracking in or June or July. Well, this year. The first year. session was like 
last December, wasn't it? Right, but it carried yeah. over. And then, the, and then the second one was like in February or something. Yeah, like so we that. had three different sessions, I think, roughly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this whole thing was kind of like, it was, a, it was basically a COVID project. Sure. So, because we're all separate, you know. And we started talking because no gigs, nothing. And we're like, why don't we get together like once a week? And we would go to Clayton Community on a Wednesday night. And we started working up tunes, you know, we, and, and it just developed from that. And then we, we did at that same time, we did a, um, uh, a, uh, a video for one of our previous uh, songs. And that was um, tell the world where all of us in different, you know, areas and everything. And, and, and then it just developed from there. Yeah. Yeah. We did the Brady bunch video like everybody did <laughs> right. in 2020. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and, you know, we, we took 2020 basically just to get together and just work up material. And we have a really good synergy in this group. And sometimes it would be just a raw idea and we would just keep working on it and working on it, building it up um, to where we had a good arrangement and everybody had contributed something to it. And so uh, we used the time wisely when uh, we were only getting two gigs a month uh, in 2020 we played hammerstones in soulard and we played uh saint joseph's catholic church out in baldwin um we, we that's yeah. like the only shows we did in 2020 well the blues thing the washmo blues at blumenhoff that, was that, that was uh, a year ago last summer yeah i'm it's getting foggy now <laughs> yeah. well we got we got some places to at least try out the tunes the new tunes and right. you know mm -hmm. play them live and Right. In front of a crowd, too, and that so. made it really nice because when we went into track, we pretty much just track live with everybody in the. Yeah. And then if we needed, you know, I don't think Chris did redid many of those vocals, did he? Chris Shepard was most just of them are live spot vocals. Spot on. He did most of those vocals you hear are live tracking, and most people, quite frankly, do scratch vocals. They half sing it, knowing that they're going to screw it up so bad that. You know, they want to go back in and do another uh, couple passes at it. And most of what you hear in the album is live. Nice. There were a few overdubs, but like solos maybe or something. Maybe Every now and then. Or an extra part, but not much. Everything's pretty much was, you know, we ran it a few times. And what's on the CD is the, one of those track, one of those times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, there's no rules to any of it, obviously. But like, I always kind of prefer that feeling, like, especially compared to you know what the live show and stuff you want you, you get what your the band can you can listen to the mm -hmm. band on a cd and it sounds pretty similar to what you're going to get when you go live and stuff and instead of trying to figure out how to replicate this uh you know with this you know if we overdubbed a bunch of different things or whatever else and that's why we didn't go crazy right with, you know yeah. doing a ton of overdubs um one song that we really we pull we call putting a k bros twist on it um was if it if it don't it don't make sense if it don't make peace by willie dixon an old tune and we added some production elements in here and there um at one point in the song I, you know i asked rusty to hit a cowbell one time and he goes what's that for <laughs> <laughs> and we took it and detuned it and panned it so it goes do 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 you know across your speakers um just little stuff like that uh, I think Ron and myself had the same idea about doing a, a key change during the guitar solo. So we just did, we added some production elements in without going over the top 
and like you said, making something that we couldn't duplicate live pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of fills it out and makes it interesting. The one song that we uh, that that sounds the most like it's in front of a live audience, we actually overdubbed the uh, the the crowd reaction to the song. We yeah. were the audience. <laughs> we were we were the audience. We just multi-tracked the, the sound of an audience. Yeah, it's St. Louis bound. Our our tribute to our home city. Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh, I love that, uh, too. It's just a nice touch to, uh, you know, a nice little um, shout out, you know, to, to the hometown and stuff. Like, I, think, uh, I think Chris thinks he's going to sell to the St. Louis Blues, but he'll probably never contact them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, no, nah, there's, uh, I know, like, uh, Funky Butt Brass Band has a song about Oyster Bar and, you know, like different little things like that. I just love, like, you know, other people around the world might not exactly know what, what's going on, but, right. you know, it's like for anybody that knows and, and, you know, it's it's nice stuff. So, yeah, my instrumental on the end is called South Broadway Boogaloo, and it's sort of a tribute to BBs. Right. Since we've done a lot of time there. And, and the, the now closed Beale and Broadway. Beale, yeah, Beale yeah. as well. You know, our, our two, you know, the two places we've probably played the most. Yeah, I sure do miss uh, that room, Beale. Uh, it was like, <laughs> I do too. It's uh, that whole atmosphere, the Blues mm-hmm. Triangle, yeah. because you had the Oyster Bar down the street, and you had Beale and BBs right. across from one another. People would just walk in between, and sure. it was wonderful. I mean, I, mean, I you know, I was talking about it before we clicked record, but you know, I worked about five years down there, uh, and um, there was a lot of times we get uh, out of town, people, visitors that come in, and like weren't really feeling what we were we had going on for the night and they would ask me about what you know what's going on like uh you know we're, look, we're looking for some blues and i'm like well if you want more traditional blues you can just take a walk up the street and you can find right there so like yeah. uh you know it just depends on uh the nights whatever you're looking for but that was kind of the unique thing uh that i offered <laughs> i was able to offer to having a pretty good idea where everybody was playing at on the yeah. any given night so i could uh point you in the right direction and that the location's kind of a a mixed bag because it's a major major traffic thoroughfare, as you well know. Right. Anybody that's tried to cross that street knows. Um, and it's nice to have that synergy of everything together. It's just a bummer that it, uh, you know, like in Memphis in the summertime, they actually close off Beale Street to sure. automobile traffic. You, you, that's never going to happen on South Broadway because right. it's just too big. It's a major artery for the city of St. Louis. And um, it... Uh, it can make it a little uh, sketchy just trying to get across the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I look both ways on a one way, so you gotta. Oh yeah. Yep. Hey, you gotta, yep. You gotta I've seen up. people going the wrong way. Yeah. We, uh, our previous drummer had his car parked on the side street next to Beale, and Jeremiah Johnson's bass player was coming up that same side street by BB's. and poked his nose out into Broadway to get a good look, and some kid going eighty miles an hour hit him. And Jeremiah's bass player, Tony, his car did donuts across Broadway over next to Beale on Broadway and hit our previous drummer's car and totaled it. You couldn't draw it up like that. Right. You would need like Hollywood stunt drivers to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen all kinds of crazy down there with yeah. people drag racing on oh, South yeah. Broadway. Yep. You see it all. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, I wanted to share some uh, some highlights, uh, preview a couple of tracks for anybody that hasn't uh, got a chance to give the record a spin. And uh, let's start with the uh, title track, "We Signs of the Times." Is there uh, 
anything in particular come to mind when you guys think of uh, this particular song? Uh, Chris wrote this one. Um, you know, we worked on the arrangement. Uh, you know, kind of stretched it out a little bit. Um, Stan had been doing an organ vamp at the end when he just did it one night when we were playing it live, and we all thought that sounded really cool. So it's not really a solo solo, but um, we asked him to go ahead and do that on the record too. Toward the end, you'll hear uh, him uh, rocking the Hammond B3. Yeah, and I guess Chris's lyrics too, sort of, you know, it's sort of that theme of what's going on around the world right now. You know, it's it is a pretty crazy time actually. So. Yeah.
Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of uh, funny. Just like the other day, I was like listening to uh, some some t- tunes and like you know songs that like weren't even necessarily about uh, you know the the global pandemic and stuff, but like still resonate because now it's like that's the situation everybody's been thinking about. So even a song. Uh, you know, like whatever it can be interpreted to think of, sure. of the situation and stuff. So it's like, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's definitely a weird time still. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to navigate through all these things and figure out how to get, uh, be able to play live music still and everything. Uh, like it, uh, that's what hurt me most. I mean, I talk about it a lot, but I, I mean, having, uh, not having, I mean, and you guys too, I'm sure, obviously. Oh, yeah. obviously so. Yeah, I don't know what to do on a uh, Friday or Saturday yeah, night if sure. not in a, on a stage somewhere. Yeah. Right, but it's, uh, it, it, you know, stinks that it was uh, taken away for so long, but it's nice to see people coming back out to shows and, and uh, being able to enjoy themselves and and uh, safely and everything else. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, I dig this tune, man. Like I said, sign of, Signs of the Times uh, available now. You can uh, stream the record uh on all your major platforms you can uh purchase uh physical copies uh at uh, the website right yes uh, at the website mm-hmm. and vintage vinyl as well all right nice yeah and shows Look yeah. that's kingdombrothersband.com there it is yep uh, and we got uh, some brand new t-shirts so you can uh, take home a t-shirt with you also but we do have a couple of good uh opportunities to come see you guys live uh, including Saturday night at BB's, uh, we mentioned. Uh, we guys uh, spend spend quite a bit of time there, so it's been good to you over the years. And BB's on the eleventh, uh, and you said that's with, uh, with Curtis? Curtis Salgado. Yeah, we're uh, we're going on after Curtis. Um, doesn't mean anything in particular. He just prefers these days to play a little earlier shows. Right. So. But yeah. Uh, That'd be cool. And then uh, he said Nick Moss Band is also... Is going to back him up. Very nice. That'll be a fun night for sure. Yep. And uh, you have uh, a a newer space in town that I haven't been able to uh, make it to myself yet, but uh, the Attic Music Bar, right? Right. Great music listening room. Um, They don't do any food up there. They they, they have fine beverages, but uh, it was purpose-built to to listen to music, and, and, and it's a really nice space. And that's on uh, the 18th. You'll be over there. Yeah, I haven't made it, but I've been, uh, you know, I've, I love that uh, we're still getting newer spots opening up like that. And so, so I'm, I'm excited to go over there and visit and support and uh, check it all out. It looks like they, I, I know when, uh, you know, the weather cooperates and stuff, which, which we've been fortunate this this week. We've been having some nice days, but uh, they, they have a nice, really out, nice patio and stuff out there. Yeah, they'll put a solo or a duo act out uh, right. on uh, and back, and then the full band inside. So. Right. Yeah, it's just just south of Chippewa on Kings Highway. Very cool. Yeah, I'll have to go uh, swing in there and visit them sometime soon. Maybe uh, maybe the eighteenth. Yeah, that probably be yeah. a good one. That's their uh, Christmas party, and they're asking people to bring a unwrapped gift for Toys for Tots. Yeah. There, there's two comedians on before us. Oh yeah, at seven, and then we go on at eight thirty. All right, nice. Uh, a little variety then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, did a I did a Toys for Tots benefit in uh, in 2019 or uh, 18, uh, and uh, I had a lot of fun working with them, and uh, and that was uh, we did you know we did do. Um, toy donation at the door also and we did uh and anybody that wanted to contribute uh 
monetarily, we took the money, we went shopping and we, uh, that was a real highlight for me was like, you know, doing like a shopping spree thing. We filled like five shopping carts full of all sorts of variety of toys. And I got to sort of, you know, live out the dream of what I would want to open up on Christmas morning or whatever, you know, at five years, six or whatever, you know, and that kind of stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was really an exciting time to be a part of, you know, just like to, I, I wish I, you know, could have been on the other side too, to see when they, these kids receive these gifts and stuff. But, uh, you know, like it was, it was just a fun day to, to do something and give back to the community like that. So, but yeah, that's cool that you guys are being a part of that. And, uh, so come on out, bring those, uh, toys and uh join us at attic music bar on december 18th and then uh you will be back over at bb's for their new year's eve party on uh obviously the 30th 31st and uh and that'll be seven to ten correct and then there will be love jones the band coming on after us to close out the night yeah doing the doing the late night uh, but yeah, that you guys, uh, do you guys get into that much at all? And the new year's, uh, stuff at all? Like, is that anything that I, I personally can take it or leave it? Right. <laughs> it's For me, still, it's always been big money night. That's, yeah, the, right. that's the whole idea. It, it's still known as amateur night. Yeah. <laughs> and you could read into that what you want. Um, yeah, I've never, like, I mean, I don't know. We, at one point I remember, you know, going out and getting excited, but like, uh, you know, I just, uh, lost its uh excitement a long time ago for me so it's like probably over the last 30 years i've played a gig on everyone except maybe three yeah right so uh yeah yeah i figured uh uh, there's always i mean that seems like uh that's definitely the thing though there's every bar in town's got a band so good good gig uh, opportunity for for anybody playing out so but uh, yeah, me personally, I don't like you know. I'll go to a show or whatever. Like that's perfect for you for you guys. Seven to ten, like like I yeah. said, kind of come in and go to the show and get out of the get out of the way for it. Uh, gets too uh, silly out there. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that'll be a good night for sure. So come on out uh, and celebrate New Year's Eve with the Kingdom Brothers. Or sorry, the sorry Kingdom Brothers. Not no the right. All right, circle with a slash yeah. through it over the. I, uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about another tune, and um, this is uh, "Walking in Love," and uh, this is I don't know, like for me, uh, kind of jumped out as like uh, because it feels more like uh, a real. I mean, not, I mean they're all real blues, but like just like the the attitude, like it's kind of this one has a little bit more of a kind of a i feel like a bb king kind of like an attitude to it when he's like when chris is singing these lyrics and things it's kind of uh there's some of that to it like uh yeah we're generally known for doing more of a positive spin right on that genre and stretching the boundaries too i mean my original pitch to the guys was to call this album the contemporary sessions because everything sounds more contemporary than old traditional Mm -hmm. which has its place too uh, but this one's a little more up tempo, you know, for the genre. Right. Walking in Love seems to be one of the best dance songs that we do. Sure. It brings more people out on the dance floor. <laughs> right. Yeah, it definitely got a little bit more up tempo. Uh, and but yeah. It's funny. We always talk about you know the uh, difference between 
blues and gospel and how closely they're related. Chris's original title for this, I think, was Walking in Faith. Or Grace or something. Grace like or that. something along yeah. those lines. And it turned to what? But so just a different shit, you know, a different uh, shift of the, of the lyrics there. But. Yeah. change in the way I walk you put the love on and turn my life around and lifted me up and set my fear up on solid ground I don't worry I would push come to shove got me walking baby Changing what I know is true You put your love on Ah, oh, you turned my life around Lifted me up And set my fear up back on solid ground I don't worry I would push and come to shove it Gotta walk
yeah, do you guys, do you guys get involved with the lyrics, or is that uh, on the the originals, or is that uh, Chris mostly work? Uh... Uh, Chris does the words on his own yeah. originals. Um, Ron co-penned a couple. Um, um, you know, I I did words for one tune yeah. on here. Um, very different tune for us. It really stretched Chris out. Um, I mean, stretched, not stressed. Um, <laughs> Uh, just one more day i kind of chronicled uh me taking care of my mom the last year she was alive right up until she passed away so i did the words for that ron i gave him an idea for the feel i wanted and he just completely nailed it with the music so we co-wrote that one you co-wrote one with Stan, right? Ron? Yeah, Stan has a couple of really really good tunes on there i think ron wrote the music and he says i i just need lyrics and I had a story to tell, so I, you know, I put the lyrics down. Ron's, Ron's, it's all about divorce, something I'm too familiar with. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, that's something I, uh, I'd really, I'd, uh, I don't know. I, I think if I just applied myself, I probably could do something with it. I, but I just I never really got into it. I, but songwriting I, was something I would like to sit down and actually try to, you know come up with something but it seems like whenever i do like think about it trying to write something it's always just everybody else's lyrics that come out of my head and like so it's hard for me to shut off uh you know that part of my brain and actually come up with an original idea yeah you, you have to write it you have, it's best to write something about a personal experience you had and i got challenged to do that um and that's how i came up with the tune i came up with um otherwise you're right it feels like you're just borrowing from somebody else um, but you're too young. You haven't suffered enough yet. So when you've encountered more pain, come back yeah. to the lyric writing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I do. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's the the biggest like ins- inspirations uh, for a lot of writers is uh, either uh, you know heartbreak or falling in love and right. stuff. So I mean, like, uh, so obviously uh, having a divorce song or uh, or or, <laughs> Let's uh, hope you don't. or whatever it is. So. Uh, but yeah, it seems like, uh, the, you know, those are the ones that help and inspire the, the, the most of the songs, those height, heightened, uh, moments of, uh, you know, so I don't know, but yeah, I, I just, uh, something I'm a big fan of, I, I, you know, I was doing a, a songwriter series, uh, for three years, a monthly showcase. And I just, uh, I really enjoy, you know, the, the art of, uh, storytelling, song, yeah, storytelling and songwriting and stuff. And so. Um, but yeah, it's something, uh, I, I don't know, just one day I got a lot of friends that I, I'm sure could, I could call on to help me co-write and do, do something with it. But yeah, just, I figured, uh, I think, I think, uh, writing a song is, is, is much like writing a good movie script. You, right. you have to tell a good story. And, um, and there was one summer I remember it seemed like every single movie was nothing but people in wacky suits fighting computer-generated monsters, you know? And it's like, there's no story here. Once you know what the monster looks like, right? you know, it's like Jaws 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> you know, there's no mystery in it anymore. Right. It's just donk, 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 <laughs> blood in the water, you know? Yeah. So if you don't have a good story to tell, I don't think you have a good song or a good movie for that matter. All right. I think that's what makes, like, blues and roots music so special is because that's what you have. You have... You know, you have just everyday people talking about their experiences, you know, and sharing that with you. And that's 
something I think in maybe other genres you don't have quite as much. Yeah, I mean that's always what drew me into with the blues was the uh, is the you know the truth. You know, it's just like it's a it's a real life it's stuff we've all dealt with and uh, the heartache and things that come with it. And uh, so it's uh, a lot more relatable for me than than some of the other stories that doesn't not necessarily doesn't portray my life sometimes and stuff. So, um, but yeah, do you guys uh what were what do you guys think about that? Like, what's the, what's the moment you uh, you guys really started like falling in love with the blues music? Is there a certain record or that you can think of, or something that really drew I, you? I can into? tell you the record and the band. Yeah, um, it's when I was in college, and uh, a friend of mine was talking to me about blues music, and I said, "Oh, it's dying off." And and he said, "Oh, wait a minute, got out the record, put yeah. it on a turntable. It was the fabulous Thunderbirds." And the tune was Extra Jimmies, which is a, an instrumental shuffle. <clears throat> I heard that and was just blown away. I just blown away by those guys and, and never looked back after that. And my whole, that shifted my whole focus on music. I was really into like new wave and prog rock and stuff like that. And <clears throat> getting to hear that. And then I went back and discovered Rockabilly and all those guys. And then like Ron I went back and discovered the guys that inspired people like the fabulous Thunderbirds or for him it was the British guys that all the British blues guitar players like Clapton but then you know he did that journey backwards as well and who who you know what what record did Eric Clapton hear that all of a sudden changed his trajectory? You know? Yeah, because when I I guess I was probably about fourteen, fifteen at the time. At that time, we're talking like late sixties, early seventies. Uh, the power trios like you know, you know, Cream, Jimi Hendrix, Zeppelin, and I remember seeing an interview with Eric, and he said, "Don't listen to me. Listen to BB King." Right. I went and listened to Live at the Regal, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was it right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. My I do recall my parents playing a, a lot, like introduced me to a lot of this stuff uh, as a kid. And uh, I remember Fabulous Thunderbirds. Um, I remember uh, a lot of like uh, Bo Diddley, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hearing uh, kind of that was uh, his stuff, you know, a lot of it was like kind of like greatest hits records at that time, but you know, still like getting exposed to a lot of this stuff uh, very early on and things, and uh, so it really helped. Uh, my, I, my, I feel like uh, Dad was always more like in the the southern rock side, like uh, mm-hmm. the Almond Brothers and ZZ Top, and a lot stuff. of blues there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yep. but that's like, but that's what I so uh, you know. Obviously, they have more tra- some traditional kind of things, but. I really loved what ZZ Top put their twist on uh, on the blues and stuff mm-hmm. too. So Billy Gibbons is still one of the finest blues guitar players out there, oh, yeah. without a doubt, and just the coolest too. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just—I uh, mean, I would love to hang out with that guy. He just seems like a ton of fun. Um, but a couple of friends of ours uh, are—they have a blues society out in Washington, Missouri, called the Washmo Blues Society. And ZZ played the uh, Washington Town and Country Fair this year. And so there's a picture. They got to hang out with Billy. He came yeah, over, and yeah. they thought that was just, yeah, the coolest thing. Yeah. That was, uh, that was right after Dusty passed, passed right? away. Passed yeah. away, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, they got I, think, I, I remember I was trying. I was wondering if they were even going to 
play that gig or not because it was like that week uh week of uh, i think mm-hmm. dusty passed and so that was uh that was terribly sad it was a long i mean i saw a picture that they had like dusty's hat like on the microphone stand there mm-hmm. and stuff and i was just like i mean i really really well, the- really hit hard they were lucky enough. Their guitar tech, Elwood Francis, has been with them for like thirty years. Yeah. He's he's a crazy guy. You can go on uh, YouTube. Like Premier Guitar has these rig rundowns where they talk about the gear. He's always the one explaining everything. So he knew Billy's stuff right sure. off the bat. So it was, in fact, just before Dusty left because he had he's having health issues. He said, "I want Elwood to play." So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, and he's even got the beard too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he looks the part still. And, um, but yeah, uh, I remember hearing that, like, you know, a lot of people were kind of wondering if, uh, how, how, if they were going to carry on without him, but he, he insisted that they keep going. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's gotta be tough. I mean, we're almost 60 or 60 years together or something like that, or 50, like it's like the Guinness, yeah. re- Guinness record for like the longest, uh, active, uh, you know, original lineup and stuff. And I saw them at a free concert that Casey put on in the early seventies. And this was long before Eliminator and the fuzzy guitars and all that. And it was just three guys out there with stacks of amps, just killing it. Yeah. I mean, it was that was the real deal. They got a, there's a really nice uh, documentary on Netflix about them. And, yeah. You know, the little band from Texas. And, um, uh, it's really cool to see some of the early days for those guys too, like that. So, um, well, very cool. Uh, let's, uh, I wanted to throw in, uh, one more, uh, another, just so, cause I, I really, uh, enjoy the song, uh, for many years, but, uh, it's cool to hear Chris's take and, and, uh, vocally. And then you guys on the, on, as, uh, the band, obviously, but, uh, hearing, uh, I'd rather go blind. I, I really enjoyed, uh, this take on the song and, um, you guys pretty much keep it to, you know, the original range. Made, made a slight change. We added, actually added a chord into yeah. the structure. It's the, the original song's only two chords. Right. Um, we added a third one in to make it a little more interesting. Um, but, it's still one of our most popular tunes that we do live and gets one of the biggest crowd reactions we get. I mean, we played it last night. The crowd went bananas. Yeah. You know? I don't want to see you leave 
It's actually the first one we recorded, and this actually predates Rusty being in the band. And uh, Joe Warmbrod, our old drummer, was in, and we went in just for, and it was our introduction to Sawhorse Studios and our introduction to Chris. And we used it for a bonus track on our website. And so when it came time to finish up the CD, we thought, well, you know, Chris is like, I'd like to do some different things with the vocal and everything. And so we went back in, he cut another vocal track, and we put it on the on the album. Nice. Yeah. Did, uh, <clears throat> yeah, did, uh, did Chris offer uh, a lot of uh, input as uh, Chris Turnball, that is, uh, as, uh, as producer and stuff? Did he, like, did he have uh, some... Um. <clears throat> Uh, he pretty much left that up to me, right. you know, the producing side of it. Um, I sat in on several of the mixing sessions. Um, it's always nice to have another set of ears because uh, there's a couple of times where I stopped him and I said, "Ooh, something doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, we went back and soloed, I won't mention names, soloed somebody's uh, track and it was kind of wonky and we were able to, to fix it, but... Love working with Chris. He's just so open to input. Right. And um, I, I think uh, he respected my background enough to, to take a lot of my suggestions and incorporate it into what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And something that was different that we've never done before, Chris goes, look, he says, I will do a mix and I'll send it to all of you. And everybody listen to it and see what you think. And then we would all put in our input, and then he would shift things accordingly. We'd do another couple, and we'd just do this back and forth. And I think that made just a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just uh, It's another kind of a world I, I'm fascinated by. I wish I kind of uh, would have uh, you know, gone to sc- stuck around and gone to school for it and stuff, because I do like – I often hear like demos or song ideas and stuff and like, and I'm like, it could be cool to do this with it or that, mm-hmm. or, you know, these, you know, these different things kind of come to mind and like, and it's kind of, so being in a role, like in that behind the board in that chair, you know, getting to do those kind of things, mm-hmm. making that, making the magic happen. We, and, stuff. and we had a lot of good support from our uh, people that support us financially to help pull this stuff off. Without our contributors, the album wouldn't sound the way it sounds because we spent a lot more time on this album than we have. The, the I mixed our first album in my bedroom, although we recorded it on a really high-end console in a really nice studio. Um, but we've always been pressed for time because time is money. You know, at fifty fifty-five dollars an hour, right? You don't have the luxury of spending a couple of days just getting a guitar tone you got to be able to get in there get it done and you need to be very well rehearsed too so you can get through your material the studio is not the place to rehearse um not with that clock ticking over your shoulder but our we we really want to thank all our contributors for their generous support um because without them um we just couldn't have you know reached the level of quality that we hit 
yeah. one thing I got to say about Chris Turnbaugh, he really knows his equipment. I mean, he's so skillful at what he does. Bob would say, I think we needed to do such and such. And, you know, 15 seconds later, Chris goes like this, and it comes out on comes <laughs> yeah. out on the audience. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I yeah, want. Yeah, he's a re- really, really good editor. Um, <clears throat> there was times where I thought somebody needed to re-record a part, and he would just lift what I was looking for out of another verse and pop it in there and make it all work, you know. Very highly skilled engineer. Highly yeah. recommend him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a and it's just a, a nice space to hang out. I mean, it's just a comfortable room. Mm-hmm. You know, be able to uh, to get creative and do those kind of things and stuff. Make easily uh, be inspired to to do this kind of stuff. Recording. Yeah, it, uh, I'll use an over overused word, but it was a it's a very vibey place. You just yeah. feel at home and comfortable there. Sure. Almond Betts had recorded a couple of tracks there. And it was funny, I was getting ready to record a slide part. And I said, uh, so so what amp did Johnny to, uh, Stichella, I think it is their slide part use? And they told me, I said, eh, let's, let's set that one up. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that? That's on... Uh, uh, St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Is it? There's their... Uh, I'm doing a... a sev- yeah, there's their slide on uh, several tunes. But some, something's wrong with my baby, strong. right? And yeah. There's slide on there, right? Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was uh, with my usual rig. I did that with yeah. my usual guitar. I usually keep, like, on um, St. Louis Bound, I have a guitar especially set up for slide guitar okay. in a different tuning. And I use that on St. Louis Bound, but for something's wrong with my baby, I just... In fact... Did I, I did I even overdub that? No, I overdubbed chords underneath it. Right. <laughs> That's what right. I did. So the slide the, the slide part was live. I did that as we were cutting it. And then we thought, well, we need to fill it out a little bit. So I played rhythm guitar underneath there it. There you go. And right. that song came to us via Roger Boyd from Head East. Um, he uh, just thought that that would be a really great fit for Chris's voice, and Chris nails it. Yeah. And Stan does a great harmony part on it. I, I got to be honest, when I first heard Stan pitching the song to Chris and them kind of half working on it at a rehearsal, I said, nah, I don't think I like the sound of this. <laughs> but we kept at it and uh, made it our own, you know, put our twist on it. And uh, I, I'm, and Roger also contributed financially to the making of the album, so we want to thank him for that as well. Yeah, yeah, very cool, man. I, uh, it's kind of funny how those, uh, you know, that initially you're not not so uh, you know hip to it, and then all of a sudden it clicks, and you mm-hmm. you know you see, you see it all kind of the full picture, and you're like, all right, okay, I see, yeah, it. I, I see it now. I think I can't remember if it was Signs of the Times or if it was Walking in Love. Chris was playing it really, really fast. I said, let's knock the tempo down by almost a third. And then we hit a groove, and then all of a sudden, you know, like the light came shining down, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Well, very cool. Again, you can uh, pick up copies at any of these upcoming shows. Uh, The website, uh, kingdombrothersband.com. And uh, you can find it uh, streaming digitally everywhere. And uh, But, yeah, come out and grab one of these and uh, take home – copy of signs of the times with you uh i had a couple of questions i've been going around asking uh some of these uh and uh let's just get your guys take on some of these um <clears throat> but uh, all right uh let's start with uh if you guys had the opportunity for uh like a, a dream duet or collaboration who, who do you think uh you'd like to uh record with or do something with the band with is anybody uh let me think for a second yeah. 
it's probably a pretty long list. That's sure. why it, it's yeah. hard to even just narrow it down to one person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is just off the top of my head. Keb Mo. Yeah. Keb Mo would be nice. How about Stan? How about Taj Mahal? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could get both of them yeah. because they did the Keb Mo thing. So right. we could just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's just fun to think about what, you know, obviously getting a chance to meet some of your heroes, but also just like what what you guys could, you know, push the sound in a different direction with something, you know, unique and stuff with a, with a collaboration. Or, I think or, maybe for me, uh, maybe Jimmy Vaughn from the Fabulous Thunderbirds or uh, Eric Clapton. Uh, one of the reasons, there's many reasons to like Eric Clapton, but one was he was so kind to Johnny Johnson, our hometown hero, you know, Chuck Berry's piano player, Johnny Be Good. Um, I really liked the fact that uh, Eric and Keith Richards and a number of other guys uh, were so supportive of Johnny and lobbied the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame so hard to get Johnny into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, which they did, and I've been there, and I saw Johnny's autograph up on the wall. Would have been nice if they could have had a little bit of a display featuring Johnny because I truly feel that um, he is the co-creator of rock and roll. And, you know, I had an epiphany moment playing with him, hearing him play these piano riffs and then hear the guitar player mimic it. And then I realized basically the beginning to every Chuck Berry song on his guitar was a piano riff that Johnny used to play. And Chuck adapted those riffs to guitar, but I appreciate the guys that uh, appreciate people like Johnny Johnson who didn't really get the credit he deserves, especially as a as a co-songwriter. Uh, you know, obviously, once they filmed the movie Hail Hail Rock and Roll here, then all of a sudden people like Keith Richards realized Johnny's place in history. And and to further drive that point home, another, a mutual friend of ours who's a sax player, Dick Zemple, was in a posh hotel in Los Angeles because he was working on a Budweiser commercial. And he gets on the elevator. He's he's getting ready to go to bed, and, and here's Keith Richards coming down to go out for the night. <laughs> you know? And they start talking, and... Uh, uh, Dick said, well, you know, I, I've played a little bit with Johnny Johnson and Keith Richards just absolutely lit up and right. said, Johnny's a giant, <laughs> you know, because Johnny was a giant in the business. But um, so that's kind of a long roundabout <laughs> answer to your question about maybe for, for me, one of them would be Eric Clapton. Yeah. Well, definitely for me, like, I think he's probably my single largest influence, probably. So yeah, yeah, I would see I, I, would, I could see Eric in there too. I'll go a different direction. I would like to see Chris Shepard singing in front of a big gospel choir. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I love that stuff. Like uh, too, like just like hearing hearing uh, choirs like the, with all the all the voices, uh, you know, coming together and all the harmonies and things. That could be uh, really powerful. So that would be neat. Um, <clears throat> all right, what about? Um, the day comes along. You guys have a, a Kingdom Brothers box set of action figures. What what would be uh, your your accessory to go with your action figure? You think? Ooh. Besides your besides your instrument, well, well, that's the given one. Hmm. 
depends on how old I am. You know, if I, do I want to go back to when I had really dark hair? <laughs> Uh, and I could play till three o'clock in the morning without being dead. Because <laughs> my 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 accessory to my action figure in the next few years is probably going to be a bar stool because that's I'm going to have to sit down to play. <laughs> well, I, I guess since um, I I retired earlier this year from teaching school, and my main activity every morning is is walking the schnauzers. So I would probably have a leash in one of the schnauzers. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I got, uh, I got nothing. You got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. Rusty's an inaction figure. Yeah. Maybe a decoder ring. I don't know. Well, <laughs> that would be cool. I'm, drink more Ovaltine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stan, you got to have it. Uh, Stan, well, Stan's been there, done that, touring on the road. Uh, you know, I, my self-image constantly goes back to the, you know, the, the long-haired blue jean guy with the flashlight in his back pocket's my roadie days you know all right mm. so that that'd be me so the flashlight right flashlight yeah, in my pocket mm-hmm. yeah. all the time <laughs> right uh yeah that's uh i don't know it's just fun to think about these silly things yeah. for me <laughs> um all right uh if there was, is there something you guys think you could get into the guinness book of world records for <laughs> as a band the band, yeah. Is there, a, is there, a, or maybe as individuals? Anything come to mind? Hmm. Longest guitar solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Ron could play multiple solos one after another, and every time it would be different. He would never repeat himself. Yeah, that's that's, that's what it seems like I to don't. me. <laughs> you know, I was impressed the first couple times I played with you guys. I'd be like playing. I'm, you know. Okay, Ron's just, oh, okay, he's going around again. Uh, I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. Oh, he's going around again. Oh, that's really cool. And it never, you know, there was none of that moments where it's like, okay, I'm rambling. You know, it would just build. So I was for, I was impressed. For a that. second, I think, am I boring anybody? I'm like, yeah. So Chris, Chris will, will give him a break, a, give Ron a guitar break in in the early part of, of every song. And, and Ron just cranks it up. Two or three times and then later in the song chris will give him another one ron takes it to a whole new level and goes around to two or three or four or five more times and each time it just gets more intense yeah. so yeah yeah and i guess it helps since he has a master's in music and he's taught he's taught some notable people guitar um uh you know jeremiah johnson from st louis um Joe McMahon, who toured with Katie Lang and played with Dr. John. Uh, that was one of Ron's guitar students. Uh, Ken Earhart. Ken Earhart, local <laughs> yeah. TV meteorologist. Uh, there's, a, there's a Kingdom Brothers trivia question. <laughs> what, locals, uh, what local TV weather person yeah. has, <laughs> has studied guitar with me? <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. No, it's great because it always challenges me. To, to think about to build with you in those solos mm-hmm. and to interact and try to pick up on what you're doing and accentuate that, you know, and read your mind a little bit. So well, it, it, that makes it interesting for me anyway. One of the great things about this band to me is how we can go out and start a song and, like you said, ta- you know, taking it to a different level, but it's not just what i'm doing it's all you guys because i'm listening especially you can start on the bottom with the rhythm section right 
Bob and Rusty here. And if I didn't have that underneath me, I couldn't do anything. There's there's a, a, a spot every night. One of the songs on the um, album is Can I Change My Mind, the old. And so there comes where we do this little breakdown uh, where Chris is just singing. And I just stop playing. And the reason I always stop playing is I want to hear people to hear Bob and Rusty, you know, and they've got just this monstrous groove going on. Right. And just to sit back and listen to that, you know, it's like, folks, can you hear this? Yeah. <laughs> I think that has a lot, you know, that's, a, that, that's some of my favorite things about this group, really. For sure. Yeah. We, we inspire each other when we play. I think, so. I, think I really feel that. And, and it, and it, and it, I think people pick up on that energy and I think, it, yeah, we, we just inspire each other and we build together or we bring it down together. You know, yes. we, we really, everybody's really aware of what's going a on. A band that uses dynamics. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I saw Jason Isbell the other night and, uh, mm-hmm. there was a cool moment where, uh, you know, he, uh, was playing solo acoustic and then, uh, each member of the band joined him at a different, time of the song so they just kept kept building the song up from there and like and so like that kind of stuff's fun like just you know like either take away certain parts at certain times or build Mm -hmm. it up back you know build it back up and stuff and like so yeah it's always people to listen for sure yeah but yeah just uh i like all that kind of stuff for sure yeah um but yeah well come on out to a show you can you can see these guys in action uh like i said you guys are pretty active around town now uh and uh you can find uh, dates on the, the Facebook page also and the website and things so we can uh, get involved. Uh, what are you going to say, Ron? Kingdombrothersband.com. There it is. <laughs> oh, we didn't mention Dex Friday at Highway 61. Oh, that's yeah. another one we have. Highway 61 at Webster Groves will be yeah. there on Friday night, the 10th. So. Yeah. And you guys, uh, that's where we had the uh, record release party. I yes. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah, that's a neat, neat little spot, too. It really is. Nice, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And you get uh, a nice meal over there, too. Indeed. So I still it. think of it as the old Streetside Records. I bought a lot of records in that. <laughs> yeah, right. right. It was Streetside Records years it was, ago. It was a yeah. huge record store. It was Peaches. Well, it was Streetside. It was Streetside. Yeah. 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 I had a friend that worked there. <clears throat> anyway, it was a big record store yeah. years ago. Now it's a great yeah. bar restaurant. It was a two a two level <laughs> record store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh I don't know. That's uh before my time, I know there was like uh, uh, a couple other spots in town, but you know, of course, like you know, r- most of my record shopping has been at Vintage Vinyl. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like with, yeah. uh, we have Euclid and a couple. You know, there's some other nice spots around town for sure, but uh, you know, just like it just stinks that there's only a couple now. <laughs> you know, there's only yeah. there's the last few remaining now. At so, least they're really good ones. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, it used to be everywhere. Now it's now we're down yeah. to a handful. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, come on out again. I got CDs available. You can take home a physical copy, and uh, I I am glad you guys are doing that because I enjoy having the physical copies, and uh, you know, just uh, as a collector, you know, I enjoy uh, having my my stash at the house. I got all kinds of uh, different memorabilia I've collected over the years of music. So, it'll definitely. Uh, be nice uh to hold on to so thank you guys for that and and, and thank uh, you for your support shane yes yeah, for sure thank yes you Happy to help, guys. thank you but yeah this has been a ton of fun and uh well i uh, appreciate you all taking time out to do this and i uh, will see you all soon all right, all right. bye everybody bye, bye. bye. <laughs> 
Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Well, yeah, that was it.